From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Whether it's depth, whether it's pace of play, whether it's simply the gauntlet that it's taken to get here, there's one thing we know. Three games into the Western Conference Finals. One thing you can be sure of every single night, there will be a spell where it looks like the Lakers have run out of gas. It's not once, it's not twice. It's every time they lose. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And here's the thing, Harry. Like, sometimes the eye test matters, right? Uh, we, I think a lot of people thought going into L.A. that the Lakers would have a chance, uh, given the way games one and two went. There were opportunities at times you could look at it and say, this is the great moment things are going to turn around. But instead, in game three, we get more of what we're used to, which includes, includes just a fourth quarter where all of a sudden it looks yet again like the Lakers have absolutely nothing left in their legs while the Nuggets are running them around. It is and has been the method. We've been saying it all postseason. you got to run the Lakers into the ground. The Nuggets are doing it. The Lakers have no answer, and it's why, frankly, they are screwed in this series. Remember in the Golden State Warriors series, right, when Darvin Ham took LeBron James out of a game in the fourth quarter, and LeBron James didn't even sit down and he immediately went back into the scores table and checked in because he sensed it was a moment that he needed to be in that game so they can secure a victory. Remember when we and brought course, that up? Yeah, yeah. So in game three the other night, at the 748 mark, the score was tied 93 to 93. And Darvin Ham tried to give LeBron a breather. But immediately after taking LeBron James out of the game, the Denver Nuggets came down and hit two threes. Darvin Ham immediately had to put LeBron James back into the ball game, and then the Nuggets went on to have a 13 to nothing run in about a three minute span. So I understand exactly what you're talking about, Fitz, because Darvin Ham in that case was trying to give LeBron James a breather and a and some rest because he knew down the stretch he were, he was going to need him. But I think the Lakers are to the point now where I don't even think you can rest guys. Because when you try to rest them, that's when runs can happen for the Denver Nuggets, especially when you have a guy like LeBron James who has a high basketball IQ. He's directing traffic defensively and also doing everything in his power to try to get the Lakers a victory. I think we're to the point now where I think Darvin Ham is going to have to try to figure it out before the fourth quarter and just have have to bank on, you know, AD and LeBron, those guys trying to take you home. And I know it's kind of crazy saying that because you want to give those guys a breather and a rest so they can get a little bit of break. But I think the rest might have to start coming from timeouts and when guys are shooting free throws. No, it's funny because one of the soundbites you've heard several times on ESPN Radio today is, includes Stephen A. saying the Nuggets are toying with the Lakers. And something that Andre Snellings was saying earlier today to one of our producers is that we're at this spot where, frankly, every time the Lakers try to do anything, it looks difficult and the, it looks easier when the Nuggets are doing this. Well, that speaks a little bit to the depth. It speaks a little bit to the performances that they're getting from so many people on the roster. And it just speaks to what's left in the tank. And part of this, you know, so much has been made of the Lakers' record since the, the All Star break, since the trade, how good it has been. There's no doubt. 
But also, how many times have we seen this in a game, in a playoff series, or in a season in general, where you've dug yourself into a hole and you have to use so much exertion of energy to get yourself out of that hole, whether it's a hole in the standings, uh, you know, you end up with the play-in game, you end up having to play extra minutes, uh, something I've harped on a lot, I know, but the fact that even look right before the play-in game, part of the reason I counted the Lakers out, they had to play so many minutes against a team like Utah. At some point, those cumulative minutes add up, and when one of your stars that you desperately still need is 38 years old, you are asking so much of those legs that have been through so many minutes. that You can want to all day long. You can have the mindset and the energy all day long. It doesn't mean your body physically cooperates, and what feels like happens at some point in every game is there is a moment where the, the Nuggets press the turbo button and the Lakers just don't have the gas left in the tank to keep up with it. Well, I will say this. You look at the Denver Nuggets, right? And you look at all the guys who are playing about anywhere between 24, 25 minutes and above in this playoff series. There's only one guy in which who's 30 years old, and that's KCP, Caldwell Pope. All the rest of those guys are between age, I think, 24 and 28 years old. So when they're running and gunning and, you know, getting out in transition, and even when the Lakers make a basket, they're getting the ball down the court efficiently and still putting the ball in the basket, that youth is showing up. Let me, now, ask, let me ask you about that real quick, uh-huh. because I, I love, we don't dial into this enough sometimes. You played 10 years in the league. Yep. So sometimes a lot of people roll their eyes. They're like, you're a professional athlete. Walk me through it. Like at the end of a season <laughs> in year nine, year 10, year eight, what were your legs like at the end of a season compared to what they were like in years one, two, and three? Well, all right, let me take it here first. How I approached every practice and every game was different in my last three years, I would say, than it was my previous seven. Like literally, like the things you had to do just to get your body ready. Like I, my last, I would say three or four years in the NFL, I had to go in a probably an hour, thirty minutes, two hours before everyone to get in the hot tub to get in get the extra treatment before we even started lifting weights and having meetings, right? Because my body was getting older, I had been through more surgeries or whatnot as well. And then after a season, you know, your body is literally it's it's torn down. Because it's that constant pound and pound and pound. And the moment you hit training camp, I don't care what sport it is, your body is never going to be the same again until you recover and come back for that next season. So think about this now, like football-wise, and I'll put it in football terms. If you start training camp in late July, your body will never be the same like that again until probably the following year when you come back in July for training camp uh, as well. See, that's... I ask you that because it's such a real example of what I think the Lakers, in part, are dealing with, right? Like, the way LeBron plays the game is very physical. And now we're asking LeBron to put him 40 minutes a game when we're in an every other night schedule, which a lot of people have talked about. Some people want to roll their eyes on. But I'm going to add that as a cumulative brick and a wall of bricks. There's a brick that's like, oh, this one game here, you know, in February that went too long. And then there's this game in March where you took too much energy. And then in April, you needed this big comeback here. And then you had the Utah game. Then you had the play-in game. Like all of these bricks together equal, equal the wall right now that I feel like they are hitting in the fourth quarter of big games in in this playoff series. Well, remember that 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 game that they had to go into overtime and then they had the back-to-back versus the Los Angeles Clippers? Mm-hmm. And they got beat in a decisive manner. 
that that's another case where you could think about this team being a little bit older. And when I mean older, when you talk about a LeBron James who's 38, Anthony Davis, he's not the age of LeBron James, but he's been through some injuries. So now his doggy years are different, right? <laughs> so you look at all those type of things and we're talking about, listen to the people I just mentioned now. I mentioned the top two players for the Lakers. So now if you're top two players, we're talking about, you know, them being tired, then other people got to pick up the slack. And that's what's not happening outside, I think, of Hachimura and Austin Reeves, but D'Angelo Russell, and I would even say Dennis Schroeder, from a scoring perspective, these guys are, are exerting so much energy on the defensive end, at times they need other people to do pick up the slack on the offensive end so they don't have to do as much. But the thing we know is that you can't give a team like the Lakers any hope, and nope. Jokic knows it too. This is what Nikola Jokic said after the game about why the Nuggets need to continue to have focus. I'm not going to say that I'm scared, but I mean, you know, I'm worried because um, they have LeBron on, on the other side and he's, uh, he's uh, capable of doing everything, you know. I mean, you got Jokic saying, look, LeBron's capable of anything. LeBron mm-hmm. is capable of everything. And the guy right now that is absolutely – I mean, Jokic had a forgettable game in this series. Let's not gloss that over, right? But if you're Jokic, you're looking at it What saying, game was that? Uh, it, it, well, it was the last one. It, was, it wasn't what? necessarily his best oh, – yeah? It wasn't his best first three quarters. Like, yeah, it was oh, one, yeah. Yeah, well. Hey, man, Jokic hit 15 in the fourth. I mean, but, but – he, he showed up when they needed him the most in the fourth. Were we not, though, in our group text midway through saying, this is not the best night for young kids? And, and I was upset about it. Harry wasn't. Harry was trying to blame it on the refs. Yeah, Harry yeah. was like, oh, the officiating <laughs> in this game is terrible. <laughs> if if Anthony Davis had True. had the game Nikola Jokic had for three quarters on on Saturday night, well, here, Harry wouldn't have been texting all the officiating and be like, but, oh, but, what but happened to thing. Anthony Davis? Oh, that's all. You're, but, y'all goat in LeBron James. For a second, but though, instead, yeah. you're when like that blaming was going the refs. On, Jokic numbers and LeBron numbers were damn near identical when I was texting that. They were identical. So if we were saying it about Jokic, we probably could have said the same thing about LeBron up until that point. But we weren't because he's LeBron. He's some of y'all's because he's the goat. goat. He is the goat, right? No, because you were too busy focused on the refs. No, because the refs did Scott play a Foster. Part in it. You the, were all about the And you've you, seen LeBron try to, you know, butter up Scott Foster a little bit over there. Hey, Scott, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm he's sorry, trying to steamroll. <laughs> Can I just say, and let's just have a very human moment. I'm sure Scott Foster, by the way, is a perfectly nice gentleman. I don't know Scott at all. Have you ever watched a game where a ref took a hit like that? And the whole room applauded. Like everybody I was around was like, "Oh, Scott Foster, look at that!" Like it's it's amazing. I don't know that I've seen a ref in my lifetime that's just constantly in the league that is doing good enough work to be in these matchups. That at the minute they take a hit, everyone's like, "Scott Foster." He cost, sorry, Le- he cost LeBron two points, too, though. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> that was about to be a fast break. Tune in tonight for Game 4 of the NBA Western Conference Finals. The Lakers host the Nuggets. You know this. Presented by Indeed. You know that also. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and, of course, on Sirius XM Channel 80. Coming up, one athlete had a major test this weekend, and he absolutely aced it. Ha-ha. We'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. From the top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. This is 3 Up, 3 Down with Fitz and Harry. 
It's three up, three down. With Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. You know what we like to do on Mondays. We're going to give you three things that we are up on after a glorious weekend in sports. I'm going to give you those. Three things that we're down on. Usually, I'm Debbie Downer, but I don't know. I got I got so much joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I get to take the ups. Harry's going to take the downs. HC, you ready for this? Let's do it. All right, let's play the big voice. Number one. I think the number one thing, like at the absolute top of the list of things that we should be up on from this weekend, is clearly the fact that in Waka, uh, we won our first game. All right, look, I got a kickball team going out there. You know, it was a rough start. The first couple of games didn't go the way we wanted. The third game was a forfeit. Not enough people showed up. Things weren't going well, HD. We came out to the fields this weekend. We felt confident. We made some tweaks to our lineup. We made some tweaks to our batting order, our kicking order, I should say. Eight nothing win. Absolute domination. And Deb, me, all three of us out there representing the show right. Harry, are you more proud of us than you have ever been in your life simply because we did something athletic and won? I am very proud of you guys, and, and thank goodness you were able to get a victory in kickball, which I don't think is too hard. But I'm going to celebrate you guys in all fashions. Uh, by the way, our MVP was Danielle. Didn't drop a ball. Like, Danielle was <laughs> a, a girl, rock star. Danielle. Danielle's a rock star. Uh, the club walker, absolutely, for the win. That's my one-up. You also, go, uh, I just uh, want to say that Evan was pitching the first couple games, and I've been pitching a little bit more since, and, you know, it's made a difference. Wow. Evan wow. did a nice – you know Threw what? Devin bus, did a great yeah. job pitching – Evan did a great job catching, and did I'll a really just good leave job. it there. I'll great, just, great battery. Never, never a doubt. Great so, pitcher, Evan, you was the catcher. Yeah, you was, was the catcher, catching. and Devin was Devin the pitcher. Was pitching, yes. yes. Devin oh. and I, Devin and I are, we're a great oh. team. We're a great team in the control room, and we're a great okay. team. We're a great battery. Number one. I don't even know if you <laughs> Number one. Wow. All right. So let, me, so, let me get to my one down. Catch up with us. Number one. My one down is going to be the Boston Celtics. We're talking about a team that was in desperation down 2-0, needed a victory, but didn't get it. The most they were down in this ball game was 33 points. But I think the thing that's the most eye-catching to me is that their two players that they're counting on to score baskets were a combination of 12 for 35 from the floor, <laughs> 1 for 14 from the three-point line. That's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And the last but not least thing on this number one down, the Boston Celtics quit. And the Miami Heat made them quit. So that's my number one uh, downer. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. I'll move to my next up. Number two. Uh, this might be one of the most incredible stories of the entire calendar year in sports. And it comes in the form of Michael Block. He's a PGA Club pro and had an incredible moment at the PGA Championship on Sunday. In fact, he was so amazing that it changed his life. I, I'll give you the story, but first, I want you to hear from him because the emotion that he has spoken with through this process is real. It's tangible. You're talking about somebody 46 years old that because of his performance here has now changed his life. This is what he said on SportsCenter with Michael Eves about a hole-in-one on the 15th hole. No, I didn't. I didn't see it go in at all. Uh, I knew it was a good shot. I knew it was at the pin. I, I kind of thought it was a little short because I took a I took a number here where I thought it was going to be a little short of it. Uh, and then Rory's walking up as you can see him, and all of a sudden he turns around. And I'm just like the, the crowd's cheering. You can see me right there. I'm like, hey, cheers, yeah, thanks. And uh, then all of a sudden he turns around and here's Rory giving me a hug. And uh, I'm like, why in the world is he giving me a hug? Right. And he goes, Bucky went in. I'm like, <laughs> look at him. Like I'm yelling. I'm like, going, are you serious right now? He goes, it went in the hole. And uh, 
I roll up there and I was lucky enough, I blew out the hole and it went in and I needed that badly because I was two over at that point and it got me back to even in one shot. Block played so well, he secured a spot in next year's PGA Championship at Valhalla Golf Club in Louisville. Also, after the uh, PGA, after the round concluded, I should say, the PGA Tour announced that he will compete in next week's Charles Schwab Challenge on a sponsor exemption. His fourth start of the card, and you got to work for a long time, and nobody's paying attention. But those days can happen, and when they do, it is magical. Congratulations to him. And that's what not just guys, but ladies as well. When you get to a certain point in your career, whatever whatever it is, sometimes it's the journey. Or a lot of the times, it's the journey that you remember the most. That's why that journey, going through your dog days, your tough times, your tough moments, but also facing adversity and getting to a point to where you might be successful or at a great place. You look back on the journey, and that journey allows you not to take it for granted. Uh, now, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Now, my number two. Oh, my, my bad. Downer. It's going to be D'Angelo Russell for the Los Angeles Lakers. And for a guy in 2015 who was taken second overall in the draft by the Los Angeles Lakers, in the three games combined in the Western Conference Finals, he has 21 points. 21 points. Yes, he has not gone fishing, but ladies and gentlemen, he has gone missing. And hopefully <laughs> in game four, he figures something out. Maybe he can, you know, Hit five or six threes because the Lakers desperately need it. But D'Angelo Russell is my number two downer because he has been very, very disappointing in this series. I got one more to give you. Uh, let's get you my third. Number three. And this one, Devin, just play the music. Woo! Oh, why are we playing Viva Las Vegas? Why are we playing Viva Las Vegas? That's right. The Golden Knights are up 2-0 in the Western Conference Final thanks to a third-period goal with a little over two minutes to go that ties this thing up and a minute and 12 into overtime. Bam! Vegas gets the win. Every single game of the conference final so far on both the Eastern and Western sides have gone to overtime. This has been incredible. Vegas takes the 2-0 lead after two games in Vegas that both went to overtime. It has been sensational, and we are one step closer. Man, Harry, I don't know which one of us is going to be in which outfit, but, man, this thing goes to the Stanley Cup final. You... Me and some sort of weird Elvis wedding chapel is going to happen in Vegas. Woo! Well, I don't think I can fit in Elvis pants. I remember, Fitz, I, can't I am black. Uh, what that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What? There, there we are. And on that note, let's just... <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You guys now, my, good this segment? What's going on? My number, my number three down... Except for herpes, that's safe has, with you. ...has nothing to do with sports whatsoever. Nothing at all. My third down is bad hygiene. And I would think at certain points in your life, if you're an adult, you would understand when you have bad hygiene. But it wasn't just one person that I was by this weekend. It was multiple people. Multiple as in about five or six. It's okay to put on deodorant. It's okay to put on scented lotion. It's okay to use soap when you bathe. It's okay. It's okay not to smell like you have swamp ass. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, check your hygiene it's a very important part in your life. You can't walk around smelling like you have swamp ass. Oh, that is, you know what? Oh, on a much more serious <laughs> note, by the way, uh, much more pleasant. We'll end with an up, a bonus up, by the way. 
your daughter had her seventh birthday this weekend and, yeah. uh, and an award ceremony today. So yet again, I feel like it, it's partially her show at this point. You should give her a shout out. I'm just I'm just soliciting that from you. Yeah, my baby girl Harrison, May 20th, uh, she turned seven years old. Just a phenomenal little girl, phenomenal kid. I'm honored to be her father. Then I went to a award ceremony this morning. Uh, she got an award for being on the AB Honor Roll and also got the Growth Award from starting in first grade until f- finishing um, this week. So she has showed major growth as well. So looking forward to her tackling and taking on second grade. Daddy loves you, Harrison Milan Douglas, and you are my world, baby. Oh, that is amazing. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family's well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance and cover your furry friends like I do with Annabelle with pet health insurance. Be sure to check it out. From three up to three down, can the Lakers come back from being three down versus the Nuggets? We'll answer that question next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You just got to get one. It's one game uh, series for us. They toyed with the Los Angeles Lakers. The Denver Nuggets have brought groove sticks to Southern California. Whether the Lakers win game four or not, they're probably losing this series in four or five games. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. to none. LeBron James and the Lakers face a must-win game four. Will they survive? Or are the Nuggets headed to their first ever NBA Finals? Game four, the Nuggets and Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins tonight at 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You just heard it there tonight. Game four, Nuggets, Lakers, ESPN, ESPN Radio. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, which means you'll have the chance there to hear our buddy Mark Estreter and P.J. Carlissimo on the call of that tonight. P.J. Carlissimo joins us now, ESPN NBA, NBA analyst. P.J., always appreciate your time. Makes sense for, for all the nuggets you've watched throughout the course of the year and, and, and really studied through this process. Jamal Murray has ascended into this superstar status. What you're seeing right now, how does it compare to what we usually see from Murray night in and night out to you? For some strange reason, good morning, by the way. It's, it's uh, good to be with you guys. Um, he, he To me, it, it's more he's back to what he was in the bubble, and unfortunately, because it was the bubble, I guess, I, I never even know. I don't know whether the ratings were terrible or what, or people had nothing else to do and the ratings were better than they ever were. But I just kind of felt like whatever happened in the bubble, I don't know if everybody was as aware of it as they are now. Um, he was in the bubble unbelievable. Uh, he was great in the playoffs. I mean, it was, they, they were, he and Jimmy Butler, I mean, obviously, Bron and AD were also, but he and Jimmy Butler, to me, went to a whole other level when they were in the bubble. Like They were like elite players. They were like all NBA players. That's how well both of them played in the bubble. And for some reason, uh, obviously, Jamal was hurt. That's been the major thing. But when you look at his numbers, like every day we get these things from our uh, from Sig and uh, Johnny Madani's wearing me out, our producer, with you know all the facts, and it's like, Jamal does averages eight more points a game in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. Why he does that, I have no idea. But he obviously has the ability to take it to another level, and he's more than obviously doing it. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, these 
20-some point quarters and 30-point halves, I mean, are ridiculous. And they're big shots. Like, he's not, like, doing it in a route, like, that they're winning by 30 points. It's like a close game, and he's being covered. He's double-pumping some of these shots and making them. Um, You can't play a hell of a lot better than he's playing right now. And it's really interesting the way he tag teams it, like with, uh, I mean, it's like the old Gallagher brothers wrestling, like the one guy gets tired and taps the other guy and he comes in. Uh, It's really nice to watch. Jokic just defers to him. When he's got it going, Nikola doesn't even look at the basket. All he does is worrying about setting screens and doing dribble handoffs with him or finding them to get him open. But it's, he is literally playing at a, clear-cut all-NBA first or second team level because they're sending good defenders at him. Vanderbilt's a way above average defender. Schroeder's a good defender. Doesn't make any difference. He's making tough shots with guys draped all over him or double teams, whatever it is. So uh, he's playing really, really well. And there is that little similarity between him and Jimmy in terms of, for whatever reason, in April, May, and June, they have the ability to take it up a notch from what they do in the regular season. Coach, for the Los Angeles Lakers, who are led by LeBron James, what must they do tonight to avoid elimination? Well, to me, the main thing is going to be in the locker room or was yesterday at their film session or practice. If they practiced, I don't know what they did. Um, Darwin is going to be after it for sure. Darwin's old school, and they, you know, Darwin flat out believes they got to win this game and then don't worry about the next one, and, and it's still capable. Somebody at some point is going to be the first team to come back from 3-0, and there's no question LeBron feels that. The question is, to me, and it's going to be, for what it's worth, my number one key tonight when Kesty asked me before the game, what are the keys? The key is going to be how many guys in that locker room want to go back to Denver because as crazy as it sounds, uh, I've, been in, I've been in locker rooms where guys believe it, um, and, and want to continue the series and, and fully believe it's one game at a time and all those cliches and we can get it done. Or deep down inside, the last thing in the world they want to do is get on a plane tomorrow and go to Denver. So if they've got the majority that want to go to Denver, then they have that's their biggest key because they have a chance. All three The games could have gone either way. There's no question who the better team is. I don't think, I think there's little question who's going to win the series, but – you just don't know what ha- – you, you don't want to say it, but somebody rolls an ankle like a key guy or, you know, strange things happen and you can get back in a series. And a team that's got LeBron and AD on, the last thing in the world, you want to give them any shot whatsoever. Uh, so I think LeBron is going to be swinging and so will uh, Darvin Ham. He'll be doing everything to get those other guys. But their big issue, even putting aside that this is game four, if this was game two, I'd be saying the same thing. LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, and Rui Hachimura need help. Those four guys have been there pretty much every game, and they've been there at a really good level. They just haven't had enough help. You know, D'Angelo Russell's got to step up and play better. Dennis has, to, Dennis has played better than him, but he's got to play better. And, and their other so-called complementary guys have got to give them not a little more, way more than they've given them so far. We're talking to P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN NBA analyst. Again, you can hear him tonight, Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals on ESPN Radio. Uh, I know we've talked to you a lot about that, but as we were bringing you in, Christine, during the Sports Center update, mentioned that Carmelo Anthony is retiring. Uh, Give us your mind, uh, give us some of your thoughts on Melo and how we should be uh, remembering him today. Uh, 
unbelievable. It's funny. I think of him in so many different ways. I always think of him first in Denver, and he was a nightmare then. Uh, and I'm, uh, as I approach humility, I'm pretty sure he was playing for George at the time, for George Carl. Mello, that was when they ran. I mean, Mello used to be like the first thing he would do would be beat you down the floor and he'd post up if he didn't get back, like they'd throw the ball ahead to him. And if they didn't, they'd come in the half court and he could still post up if he had a, a, a matchup that, that you know was favorable to him, which was most matchups. But, I mean, a guy he could bogart inside. And then if you had a bigger, slower guy in, then they find they just took him out and they'd give him the ball on the wing and he'd shoot over the guy or go flying by the guy on the dribble. He's such a multi-talented player. He's one of the, I thought, most diverse scorers that was so hard to defend uh, because he could get at you so many ways. And, and when I think of him that way from Denver. Uh, when I first came into the league, it, he was the nightmare matchup. You needed like a really special, you needed like a tall, strong, athletic, quick. I mean, it was, you know, you needed to be like eight things to defend Carmelo. And if you didn't, he could just beat you at whatever you know facet you didn't bring to the table. You weren't tall enough. You weren't strong enough. You weren't quick enough. You couldn't guard the dribble. You couldn't keep him off the glass uh, for second shots. Uh, just a really, really talented guy. Had you can't say it was a quiet year because they won the national championship. But I mean, really, his freshman year was ridiculous. What he did in the one year at Syracuse uh, was incredible. And, and throughout his career, he was he, he was always a good player. You know, toward the end, he was just he was just a, you know, it almost seemed like he scored effortlessly, which obviously you can't do. But he always made it look that way. It was like he could get twenty points in his sleep in a game. It didn't matter if it was the fourth and five nights or who they were playing or whatever. He was always going to do that. Um, I, I really think he was, uh, you know, you, you got to win, uh, obviously. And he, uh, for some reason, they didn't quite. I, I thought he was never quite perceived as good as he really was. I, I would think the players and a lot of the coaches probably would rate him a little higher than the average fan does. And not that they didn't think he was a good player, but I never thought he quite got um, enough notoriety or not enough recognition for how talented a player he was. As always, we appreciate your insight. Have a great call tonight. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and giving us uh, so much. Uh, good to be with you guys. Thank you. P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN NBA analyst, always doing great work with us. Really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can listen to him tonight. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio for the game. He's part of our championship team. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicle. So, for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Lamar Jackson is back for the Ravens. Does their Super Bowl run start today? We'll tell you why it's significant next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Douglas is HD to everyone. Uh, that's exactly how we know it. But what's HD to Harry? This is actually going to be interesting. Let's play. Is that HD to you? It's 
Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Is that HD to you has a little bit of a special uh, tilt to it today because there are 20 teams across the NFL that start their OTAs today. Organized team activities start today. So in honor of that, Harry, I figure what we do is we'll have the guys play a team and then we'll figure out, is it HD to you that that team is headed to the playoffs? But here's the thing. Got to be real about it. We can't say yes to a bunch of teams. So got to have a factory and you only get one division winner for each division. You only get the three wild cards because sometimes people on these shows, not maybe, not maybe, not maybe, you and some, but sometimes people go willy nilly and give you 15 playoff teams. We're not going to do that here. Uh, we'll let Devin play the voice of God that will give us the team name. Harry, Harry you feeling good? You feeling ready? Let's do it, baby. All right, Harry. Well, you're Harry. He's Devin. Devin, what do you got for us? The Los Angeles Chargers. Is it HT to you that they're like, making the playoffs? Can, can, let me stop for a second. Dev, I just cannot believe you. I'm going to give you my answer, but I cannot believe you. All Why right, not, Harry? I can't, <laughs> you took what I said in our break <laughs> and started with the Chargers. Okay, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain something to you really quick. This is tough for me because originally I had possibly three teams in the AFC East making the playoffs, but... That division has a tough, like, tough scheduling across the board, every team. And I originally had the Chargers left out, but then I looked at the Chargers' schedule, and now I have changed my mind. So, yes, they will make the playoffs. I agree with you. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Every year I say that this is the year the Chargers break through and play to their potential. I'm not going to say that anymore. I still think the Chiefs are going to win the division, but it's hard for me to see a big step back for the Chargers, certainly. They went 10-7 and seven last year. Uh, got a little bit of lucky on the way. But, yeah, I think the Chargers are clearly a playoff team in my mind. We agree on that one. Dev, what do you got next, you troll? The Chicago Bears. <laughs> Ooh, Chicago? I do not have the Chicago Bears making the playoffs next year. Now, I think they will be better than they were a year ago, and Justin Fields will make strides. But I think this team is probably a year or two away from actually making the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think this is year one of a two-year rebuild. So, no, I'm out on Chicago. But I could see Chicago winning seven games. I, like, I could definitely see that. I just don't think they're a playoff team. The New England Patriots. I don't see it happening. Um, you have three other teams in their division who I think are way better. Also, I mentioned about, you know, the scheduling in that division being tough. Um, the other divisions that they have to play. I don't think they're as talented as the te- other teams in their division. Um, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to lead them to a playoff berth, so I'm going to go no. Mac Jones isn't good enough. The Patriots roster isn't good enough, and the Patriots are going to finish in last place in the AFC East. They might win six games. The Patriots, I'm, I'm, the Patriots today shouldn't be talked about of the Patriots of five years ago because they're completely different at this point. The Patriots don't scare me. The Patriots don't scare mm. anybody. If it I'm was a time for Bill Belichick to tank, this would be the damn year to do it. No, yeah, that is that is fair point. That is actually a really could the Patriots tank and then end up with the best quarterback to Oof. revitalize uh, Belichick, Belichick and make him decide he wants to coach for another decade? Woo! Oh, look at the fire on that. All right, Dev, what do you got? The New York Jets. I have them actually making the playoffs. And not only do I have them making the playoffs, Devin, Fitz, Evan, I have the New York Jets winning the AFC East. So, yes, they're going to make it. Ah, <sighs> <sighs> my ass. They're not winning the division. <laughs> They're not winning the division. I guess I'm going to say they make the play. I, I'm going to say they make the playoffs. I think Miami is a better football team. 
I do not. I think anybody right now that puts money on Miami just has money to burn because the, the most unpredictable thing in the entire NFL this year will be Tua's health. I don't care what anybody says. Until we know, we won't know. So in my mind, if Tua's healthy all year, I don't think the Jets will make the playoffs. I don't know that I can bank on that. So right now I'll take the Jets as a playoff team. The Baltimore Ravens. So I have the Baltimore Ravens as making the playoffs. I have them as a wild card right now, but they could easily win that division. It's going to be between them and Cincinnati, but under my construction, I have them as a wild card team. I think the additions that they have, Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere, bringing in Zay Flowers, signing Odell Beckham Jr. I think just the continuity in a year where you don't have to worry about is your quarterback going to be there for the Baltimore Ravens. The secondary played better in the latter half of the year, a year, a season ago. So I think the Baltimore Ravens and actually might be a team that a lot of people better keep their eyes open for. So, by the way, we're doing, is that HD to you? Do we see it clearly? Are these teams playoff teams based on the fact that 20 teams are reporting for OTAs today on Fitz and Harry? Uh, I agree with you that Baltimore's a playoff team, which means but not a division winner, which means at this point my wild cards are done because I've taken taken the Jets, I've taken Baltimore, and I've taken the Chargers. I don't have any wild cards left to give out. I do think they're a playoff team. The Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go with no in these regards because I think the Tennessee Titans have a lot that they need to uh, rebuild on when it comes to their offensive line, also their secondary. They're just adding pieces to the puzzle right now at the moment. Um they didn't get a, a, a top-notch receiver. They drafted, you know, Fitz's homeboy as the quarterback. Let's mm. see if he's going to be the guy at some point. We know what Ryan Tannehill can do, but I just think this year they're going to miss the playoffs. I think they're going to miss the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a lot better than they're getting credit for being right now. You don't lose as many games as people think they will when you have Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's not as bad as people are giving him rap. They have your boy, though, your homeboy, uh, yeah, Will well, Levis. Will Levis isn't going to take over. All right, what do you got? Give me one more. The Las Vegas Raiders. You son of a biscuit. Oh, let me go ahead and tell you this. Hell no. The the Raiders are not making the playoffs by a long stretch of imagination. I think probably in 50 years they would make it, but not anytime soon. The Raiders are not going to make the playoffs this year. Thank you, Devin, so much. I appreciate that. But you never know. They could still be a winner if they end up with Caleb Williams or or Drake May. It's going to be like a five-win year for me. (laughs) I'm really going to need – I found this new CBD water. That might be better for me than the alcohol I'm going to need. All right, coming up, the one thing the Heat have that the Celtics don't. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 